Good morning, everyone. We're glad to have you join us for this week's broadcast. We pray that today's message will be a blessing to you. This morning, we're going to look at the subject of heaven and the subject of hell. The question was raised in Job 14.10, Man dieth and wasteth away, yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? Many question what happens to men or women as they die. Christians, of course, we know the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those of us that are saved. But we know there's a horrible alternative. If we've not accepted Christ, we'll find ourselves lifting up our eyes in hell. We have a great picture of that as Jesus pulls back the curtain in Luke chapter 16, beginning in verse 19. The Bible says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, purple the color of royalty, and fine linen worth more than gold in that day. And the Bible says that he fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. We believe these crumbs would be the bread as they ate and didn't use forks and spoons in that day and tore the meat. Oftentimes we believe they would wipe their hands with bread and throw it down and here Lazarus was, those crumbs. He was hoping to get some of those and eat them. And the Bible says, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Nothing in that time period would make a man more unclean. I can't think of a more pitiful situation what a great contrast we have between these two men but the bible says in verse 22 and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into abraham's bosom the rich man also died and was buried and in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments and seeth abraham afar off and lazarus in his bosom and he cried and said father abraham have mercy on me and send lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. I want us to see first of all the loss, the loss, the property. Here it is, the rich man as he lift up his eyes in hell. He doesn't have all of his riches. He doesn't have all of his comfort. He doesn't have his fine linen. He doesn't have his purple. He doesn't have any of the things that he enjoyed. He once fared sumptuously, but now here it is. A rich man becomes a beggar. Here he is. He's in hell and none of that matters anymore. He has lost it all. He's lost his property, but he's also lost his personality. He has lost his identity. The rich man's name is lost to history. The Bible doesn't tell us who he is. Many commentators call him dives, which simply means rich man. We don't know who he is, and I don't think it God to ever reveal this to us. I don't believe, even in heaven, that we'll know what his name is. I believe if we we have one choice, we have a choice to have our sins blotted out or our name will be blotted out. But I want you to see Lazarus' name. This is the only parable where a name is given, but Lazarus' name is written down. The good shepherd calleth his own sheep, by name, John 10, 3. I'm glad we see here Lazarus. We see that Christ mentions him, his name. He knows who he is. Someday, I believe when we get to heaven, I believe that we'll meet a man named Lazarus that was once a beggar. I believe myself that this parable is a real account of something 
that actually happened. I'm glad, thank God, his name is written down. Before we go on, I want to make it very clear. Lazarus didn't go to heaven because he is poor, and the rich man didn't go to hell because he is rich. The very names given here gives us a good idea of what was going on. Lazarus means God is the helper. Lazarus had trusted in God. He had trusted in the coming Redeemer, and the rich man had trusted in his riches. He had trusted in his wealth. And when it come down to it, whenever he died, the Bible says that he died and he was buried. It doesn't say anything about a burial of Lazarus. He was probably just thrown in a trash heap, but the angels come and carried him to Abraham's bosom. But the rich man, he would have had a great burial. He probably had a great funeral. I'm sure he might have had a preacher speak and try to preach him to heaven, but if so, he got the directions wrong because that's not where he went. He went straight to hell. It says in hell, he lift up his eyes. He lost his property. He lost his personality. He lost his peace. Verse 23 says, being in torments. Mark 9.38 says, hell is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Be assured that if you go to hell, you're not just going to burn up and it be over. It's not just going to be a short time that you're there, but it's going to be for all eternity. Hebrews 10.31 says it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. The rich man had all the comforts of the world, yet now he has nothing. Not only that, now he is being tormented for all eternity. He is burning forever and ever. I want you to see the longing in verse 24. He cried and said, Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented. Imagine that little bit of water that would cling to the tip of your finger if you was out working all day mowing the yard or weed eating or doing something and got very hot and somebody offered you just a little bit of water on the tip of their finger to relieve your thirst, it wouldn't do much. But here he is. He's so tormented. He's so desired. He's longing so much for relief that he believes that little bit of water would be a comfort to him. He believes that little bit of water would be a help. But he was denied even that. C.S. Lewis was told of a gravestone marker that said, Here lies an atheist all dressed up and no place to go. C.S. Lewis quietly replied, I bet he wishes that were so. Hey, be be assured that there is a horrible place, horrible place, I believe, a few miles under our feet that is waiting for those that reject Christ, that reject His plan of salvation. And that place is called hell. It is very real. We see the rich man longing for relief, but he was longing for a relationship, for ever separated from people. Many people talk about the party they're going to have when they get to hell. I, believe you're going to be far too busy burning. You're going to be far too busy being tormented. You're not going to want anybody to be there just as a rich man later asked for somebody to warn his brothers. You're not going to want anybody to be there forever separated from people. The rich man asked for the very person on earth he would never have associated with to help him. He wouldn't help Lazarus on earth. I don't know if he ever threw him any coins, if he ever threw him any food on purpose, but here he asked, Lazarus, the one he wouldn't touch, the one he wouldn't have nothing to do with to come bring him some relief. I want you to see the location. First of all, there is a reality. As I said, Lazarus died. He was 
most likely cast into the rubbish heap at Gehenna where the fires were always burning to burn up the trash. But to rich man, he was buried. There is a reality. They both died. It don't matter if you're rich or poor. It don't matter what you have in life. There is going to be a day that you are going to die. I want you to see the real estate. The Bible says in verse 26, a great gulf was fixed. It was permanent. There was no crossing over. You couldn't go back and forth. In fact, it says, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Once you die, once you pass in eternity, it is too late. You can't get saved then. I've had people since i become a pastor ask me, pray for my dad. He passed away yesterday, and I tell them, well, I pray for the family. No, no, we're fine. Pray for my dad. Well, there's not a whole lot I can do. There's not a whole lot of praying I can do. The only thing I can say is he's in the hands of a just God. You must make that decision before you cross over. But we look at this. We look at the location here at Paradise. But I believe today we go straight to be in heaven, to be with the Lord. Ephesians 4, 8 says, He, Jesus, led captivity captive. 2 Corinthians 5, 8 tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Whenever Christ died and he rose again, he led the captivity out. He led the people out of the place called paradise and he led them into heaven. He took them into heaven with him. And today when we pass, we get to go straight to be with the Lord. Hebrews 1, 3 says, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Believers now depart to be with Christ, which is far better, which is far better. But we must realize in this instance that hell got a little bit bigger. It had a little more room to grow. Isaiah 5, 14 says, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without major and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend in it. There is plenty of room in hell. In fact, if you look today, if you look at all the volcanoes, if you look look at all the earthquakes and stuff we're experiencing as the tectonic plates move and rub against each other, I can't help but imagine and realize that hell's just growing. It's just getting bigger and bigger and there's being more room made as people die without Christ and they fall into eternity. There's going to be plenty of room. I don't believe we're going to run out of room. If you study science, you find out scientists have tried to get to the center of the earth and they can't get there because it gets much, much too hot. I personally, I believe that's where hell is. The Bible says that Jesus descended. If he descended, uh, there's only one place that he could have went and that is to the middle of the earth. I'm glad that he descended, but I'm glad he ascended after that and went to heaven and he is there waiting on us we must see the lesson in this you have a choice you can trust jesus or you can trust the lord but you have a calling in verse 27 through 31 the bible says then he said i pray thee therefore father that thou wouldest send him lazarus to my father's house for i have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. 
And he said unto him, If they if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You've got a calling that is now to pray for the lost, to witness to the lost. Paul said in Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark of the high calling, toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The great commission is to make disciples, that is to tell people about Christ and teach them to follow them. We have a great duty, we have a great responsibility to tell others about Christ and we must realize it. We don't have time to mess around. We don't have time to waste. 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you happen to be listening today and you're lost, you've not trusted Christ, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. If you have friends, you have family that are lost, you better pray for them now. You better pray for them in earnest. You better live right in front of them now. You better live in earnest. You better honor and glorify God. You better lift him up. We read here of a man named Lazarus who the rich man wanted to go and warn his brothers. But remember, a man named Lazarus did come back from the dead. That was the brother of Mary and Martha. The Jews wanted to kill him in John twelve ten. Later, another man came back from the dead. His name is Jesus, and he is alive today. We have his precious word. I don't believe that people would accept Jesus in person any more today than they did back then. If they reject his word, I believe they'll reject him. I don't believe if Lazarus come back, if somebody come from the dead, the Bible tells us here, tells us here that they won't accept them if they won't accept the word. We must, we must get the word out. We must tell people about the great choice they have, that is to choose their way or to choose Jesus Christ as their Savior because we know our righteousness is filthy rags. There's none good, no, not one. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We must be busy, busy about the Father's business, telling people, telling people about the great choice they must make before it's everlasting too late. I pray this message will be a blessing to you. Uh, if you don't have a home choice church, we'd love to have you join us at Riverside Baptist Church, 871 Riverside Drive, Asheville, North Carolina. God bless.